Boy, it sure is crazy times out there again. So much so we want to dedicate another episode to this interesting, unique time as being a healthcare professional. We're going to talk about surviving a difficult market in today's edition of Travel Evolved. This is Travel Evolved. I am Mark Holloway. Welcome, first and foremost, to Season 3, everybody. Welcome to Los Angeles and the Next Gen Med Staff offices. We're going to be moving around our kind of our, our common area here a little bit. I'll tell you this, I'll admit this, it is after hours. I am not dealing with going down to traffic into Orange County. So, you know, if I don't get out here by 2 o'clock, it's like, nah, I'm either going to get out here too, or we're going to stay around and record an episode of Travel Evolved. So, Let's start off by thanking everybody for allowing us to get to the third season. Um, I'm just I'm excited about it because I think I've told many of you guys that, and, and you know individually, and I've, I've said it many times here on our episodes that you know we we one of the intention we had I think three episodes or three seasons I'm sorry written. I really felt and I still do feel like we're going to get potentially five seasons out of this series and this this podcast and YouTube channel. A lot of that's going to be predicated and dependent upon you guys giving us more information. I will tell you this. I don't think we have enough to go more than a couple more seasons, but I think we can stretch this out to three. And I don't mean to be say stretch out like we're doing things unnecessarily, but I think right now more than ever, we need your opinion on what's going on out there. We can only give you what we're hearing, and I think that is really helpful. That's what today's episode is going to be about. But I will tell you guys, more so than ever, I'm asking you guys to reach out, join us, become a guest on Travel Evolved. We think it's super important that other travelers hear from you more so than they hear from us right now. This season, I'm going to be pushing that so heavily, and I'm hoping that we're going to get a lot of guests on here. A lot of the episodes that we had planned for season three will be pushed into season four. I think we've got five seasons available on this thing for sure. But regardless, I'm very, very grateful that we have gotten to our third season, which means, again, I said we would do this as long as it made sense. When it stopped making sense, if the numbers weren't there, if the listenership and the viewership wasn't there, we were just going to stop because it clearly wanted to focus on what we're focusing on in our own company. But I felt this was this was important. It's a companion to what we're doing. I think it's part of the industry changing and getting a little bit more savvy. I'm talking about savvy you guys, thereby forcing us agencies to do a lot better job at the job we're supposed to be doing, which is to basically you know, get you the assignment or, or allow you to see the assignment, pay it properly, pay you weekly, credential you the right way, and make sure that you guys have the tools and knowledge to choose assignments that are best for you. And that's about all there is to it. So we're going to keep working on that as we as we continue down this this realm. So uh, that being said, we're going to continue and, and keep going on this. So today I want to talk mostly about um, just where the needs are currently. And right now the needs aren't anywhere near what we thought. And that's why we wanted to do this episode is because 
healthcare staffing right now is more different than it's ever been. Um, it's been so unique in the last, well, really the last three years. Let's let's be frank. The pandemic and and COVID, all that stuff threw us all into a quite a bit of a tailspin. That being said, you know we've recovered from that, and now it's our opportunity to say where are we going to go from here? What's going to be the next thing we want to do? How are we going to move from a unique time in healthcare staffing to getting more into the normal period of time where those people have decided to be travelers can you know justify their nomadic lifestyle, justify the risks that you guys all take, and really you know take advantage of of what should be an amazing, still fun and lucrative career and an opportunity to, to do healthcare on the road. And that's that's where we are. So this is what's fascinating. Like I said just a few seconds ago, the needs have not been at all this spring and early part of summer, I guess we are into summer, that we anticipated. And it kind of fell out like a lead balloon. Again, we always, I think a lot of people are trying to pretend they know what we're talking about. We, we can prognosticate all we want. The truth is we none of us really know. And I think I've admitted that freely. We've got a pretty good guess and, and maybe some of us can, you know, are, are you know, have a better guess than others, but at the end of the day, it's still a guess. So here's where I, where we are currently. We know this much. We know that this, you know, spring and, and early part of summer, definitely lap, latter part of winter, but really spring, it really reared its ugly head. The supply and demand was completely out of whack of what it normally is. For whatever reason, hospitals, facilities did not have the demand for the supplemental staff, which means travelers, per diem, all of, all of you folks out there that do what you do so wonderfully, that diminished enough that they made some 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 decisions. Some of the decisions they made was number one, they were going to drop the rates. You guys all know facilities, in their minds, and, and you know, just hear me out on this. Don't beat me up too bad on this. Facilities felt like they've gotten really beat up over the last few years on their staffing rates. And I've got some statistics that may surprise you guys. I'll talk about those in a minute. Whether you guys believe it or hear it or, or, or care or give me the way I sign, it's kind of beside the point because the fact is, in their minds and you know where their head is, they, they want to make up for that. So every opportunity, you guys will see this, you'll hear me tell you this, over the next few years, every chance where the market demand is slightly less, they're going to do everything in their power to set bill rates lower than what they have certainly the last few years and probably even lower than pre-COVID rates. That doesn't mean, and hear me out on this, I do not still believe that rates overall, you know, on an annual basis or at any given time, will significantly be less than what they were pre-COVID. I think they're going to be higher than pre-COVID. I still will stand by that, that I think COVID and the demand, the lack of travelers and healthcare staffing professionals in general, not to mention how many we lost, really set the precedent that they're not going to be down as low as they, as they used to be. Hospitals do not want to be understaffed where that patient is potentially going across town or to another facility or they're in they're running staff in an area where they feel it's dangerous that i just don't think that's going to happen i think you guys have earned the right now well i don't want to say that right it is it is present now that facilities don't want to be caught like i just said turning patients away or understaffed so that has happened i said you guys are on the right you guys have earned the right is what i meant to say and and that's not the best way to put it. You guys have finally are at a point in our our history as a traveling traveling healthcare that you guys have now seen and should be shown that you are more valuable than what I think a lot of people that 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 you know make the numbers and and do the do the budgets for hospitals previously had realized. And I think they they want to make sure that they don't walk away from all those 
millions and millions of dollars that, you know, in fact, patients, families, insurance companies all provide through them. So that being said, I still think that every chance they get to try, I hate the word try, you guys know that, to be able to staff at the absolute lowest bill rate possible they're going to. I've always said that. I've always told you guys that hospitals, and you cannot fall from them, it's, it's all about business, they're going to try to get you for the least amount of money that they possibly can. And you can't be mad about that. That's just, you know, they're trying to get their product, which is, again, patient service, you know, and the staff that's providing for them as low as, as a cost as they can, potentially for many facilities without substandardizing their client, their patient care, which means... They don't want to go so low that they're getting a substandard healthcare provider, whether it be experience or just clinical ability, that they're offering such a low rate that the best of the best or even the good ones say no. So understand that. Much like I've told you guys that you're always at battle with them because you're trying to get the highest pay rate you can. And if it's not paying enough, you're going to go elsewhere. So both sides are kind of struggling with, you know, finding that happy balance of where can we staff and what will you guys accept? And, you know, it does work itself out, which is what I'll tell you a lot today is that it's, this is all going to work itself out. I think the wrinkle that we always have to think about is it's the agencies, us agencies, and our margins. How does that interfere? Or how does that play upon that rate and that, uh, uh, that bill rate and that required pay rate that, that is that happy medium? And that's where I do believe that the industry is going to make a change. You know, again, we're not going to talk about it again, but we're a new episode. I promise I wasn't going to. But there are going to be in the next couple of years, and I think for sure, some new interesting changes and wrinkles in healthcare staffing. We'll talk about a few of them right now and why it's happening. More will come out, things that we haven't even, none of us have even thought of yet that will assist facilities in their bill rates, you know, maintain that lower rate will also assist you guys in getting the highest amount of that pay as you can. And I think there'll be some changes in, in our side of the, of the industry more than anything else, more than we've ever seen before. I think the agency, the travel agency side of this equation, this triangle of trust or this quadrilateral of trust, as you guys know, listen to that episode, I believe wholeheartedly that the, the triangle and the quadrilateral, which means us agencies and the potentially the vendor are going to be where we're going to see them. But most of the change happen in the next few years. So I love throwing things out there and then, you know, seeing if they happen. So that's my thing for today, for sure. I'll, I'll throw a few more out there for sure. All right, here's what's going on. Why? Why are the, why are the rates dropping so much? Well, a couple of things we can say for sure with a, with a decent amount of confidence. We know that the overall acuity this time of year and just with the lack of, you know, again, COVID's not around, it's not present anymore. Both of those two things are existing to create a kind of a, an economy and, and a, a sort of a process that means we're not any longer having to deal with that supply and that demand. In other words, the rates that hospitals are, are asking for right now, the acuity in which the patients are coming and seeing that, all of that is kind of creating a little bit of an environment, which means that you guys now don't have to, um, I guess, you're not experiencing that 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 super high acuity that we were seeing a long time ago. So we're going to have people jumping in and out here. It's just the way it is. We may have to figure out a different place to do this. I thought it was late enough that we could get away with it, but maybe not. So the acuity in general, again, time of year and the fact that COVID's kind of gone are all coming at a head at a really interesting time. Had this been the fall, I don't think we'd be seeing this because, again, we've got people getting sick. But because it's the early part of summer, the latter part of spring, it all just kind of felt like it stopped out of the blue. Would you guys agree? That in itself is part of the reason why things, you know, again, I think there's a lot of reasons why that's one of them. It's summer. 
people tend to be healthier, although you ER folks will tell me that yeah, but people are also crazier and, and do dumber things, and they get in, you know more. I think you guys will tell me that you had you see more ER visits than you do in the summertime because people are just we are what we are. But overall, I think the acuity, most people would say, is a little bit better, you know, during during these times of months. I mean, even even people in the, in the operating room tend to say that most people like to do surgeries if they can plan it when they're you know not going to be as active. If it's a if it's a planned surgery, all those came into play. What also happened, I will tell you as I, I know for sure, is that there just happens to be you know more of you out there. I been the first one to tell you, and I I. I I made this call back almost two years ago when we did the COVID vaccine mandate. I said, regardless of how you fell on that fence, whether you believed in mandates or not, it's there are going to be people in healthcare that are no longer that are not going to want to get vaccinated. I said, regardless of that, if that's one percent or twenty percent, whatever that number is, we are going to lose healthcare providers because they don't want to be mandated. And the more the hospitals push that, we're going to lose a certain percentage. I said, it's going to be interesting to see how hard they push it and how hard some of the people that don't want to say, okay, I, I want to work. And we found out, I don't know what that number is, but regardless, we can all say that we absolutely did, in fact, lose some providers, which means you'd think the supply would be less. Hard to say because we also have, again, I think we've had more people jump into healthcare, travel, or have it be part of their option than we've seen in the past. Now, what I've also noticed is that we've got people that were all in during COVID. A lot of them got back out. Some of them, as again, sometimes predicted, it's hard to get into travel, as many of you guys know, and get out of it because it's addictive. You guys like the higher money. Sometimes some of you like that nomadic lifestyle. So I still think there's people that we all thought we'd just leave and not be traveling somebody because you know, they weren't making five to 10 grand a week. I will also say in the same recognition that a lot of folks said, it's not the same money, but I sure, I like this more than I thought I would. And I think that they're staying. So there are there's kind of a combination of people that have left and people that I still think, many of you still stayed. A lot of people retired, it's all over the place, right? Here's what we know. One thing we know for sure, government, both state and federal, are no longer funding facilities for COVID. That's gone. That's been gone for a long time now. That money went away, which is a lot of the reason why many of you got paid those crazy high bill rates because they were being subsidized for all the COVID cases. And again, that was being passed along to hiring more people to take care of them and throwing more higher and higher and insanely high at some points, you know, bill rates that would allow us to be able to staff at the rates we were able to staff at. That's gone. Um, I've seen some things right now where facilities, I'll throw this out there, facilities are creating their own staffing models. I've seen this before. In 23 years, trust me, I've seen times when facilities are always trying to come up with a creative way to bypass us. The thing that they have a tendency not to be able to bypass is that pay. What they're hoping to do is to be able to get rid of our fee, which again, we've said here has gotten ridiculously high at close to 30, and I'm sorry, not close to over 30% for many agencies. They, they are trying to get rid of that, but same token, what they can't seem to, to stop or, or fix is the fact that they still have to pay you guys every single week. Like I've always said here in Travel Evolve, one of our biggest benefits, in my opinion, if I were just to float above this whole model and say, what's really the best benefit agencies provide? I've always said, it's the ability to be able to pay now and a hospital doesn't see that pay rate or doesn't have to pay that pay rate and that hourly rate and that weekly invoice, typically around six weeks on average, which means they're floating payroll and they've got that kind of time to collect you know, money from patients, families, from, from Medicare, from insurance companies. It kind of helps them float that payroll. They're getting the payroll now. They're paying for it later. 
when you do your own internal agency, like some facilities are trying to do, and I'll talk about this here, that kind of goes away. You now are paying now. So that benefit that we provide that no one wants to kind of acknowledge, and I truly think it's the biggest benefit. It's not that we're great and we treat you like family and that we you know, are better than every other person that looks exactly like we do on paper and all the things I think are really crazy. That's what it is. That's what hospitals truly like the most about us is that, yep, they're paying more. They don't have to deal with that bill for six weeks, and it allows them some time to get some cash flow back because the procedures and the bills and oftentimes the payments have already been received by the time they're actually paying us. Why do you think it takes them that long? That doesn't seem to go away. when That doesn't help them if they're doing their own intro. So here's what I've seen. I've seen facilities say, we're going to bypass agencies or we're just going to do it ourselves so you can go to work for our travel agency. The problem I'm hearing is that the rates aren't anywhere near what even the biggest margin, lowest paying agencies are providing, which is kind of the whole defeats the whole purpose, does it not? Some people said, well, it's kind of close, but then they go up and they get you and then they drop it really low. So there's that. Plus, they're also saying, some are saying they want to pay you in different ways. Again, all over the place, everyone's coming up with their own creative idea, but I have seen where they say they want to pay you once a month or four weeks out. They're trying to get the best of both worlds. And for a lot of you guys, that doesn't work. And you guys are the market. You guys are what decides and dictates what does work in this market and what doesn't based upon your participation and your willingness to take these assignments. So like I've always said, you guys really do, believe it or not, have the ability to change this market. And that's one way that you're already doing it. You're just saying whether you like this or not, I'm just kind of watching see what happens. It's an interesting wrinkle. I've seen stuff like this before. I've seen seasonality in places like Florida where they have their own internal agency for a while. Sometimes these things really work well, but typically what happens is they end up kind of petering out because it isn't the model that does work. And I think in overall, travel healthcare agencies do, you know, we do provide a service. It's just the question is, at what cost and what slice of the pie does that service require? And how little can it be or how big does it need to be? And again, you guys dictate that too. Let me throw some knowledge at you. This surprised me. Did some work for this episode. Yes, I do sometimes, believe it or not. I want to read this because, A, I need to start bringing my glasses to these sorts of things. I probably have them over there, but I'm not going to do it. So pardon the squinting. But here's what I saw. This is pretty fascinating and something you guys really need to think about. Uh, I saw a report, and it was, it was, I can't, I don't have the quote here of where it came from, which is really bad of me, but this was, it was a legitimate good source. And it said that the average weekly travel nurse pay Real think about this. Climb from about eighteen, let's just say nineteen hundred. It says eighteen ninety six, so around nineteen hundred gross in January of twenty twenty. That's pretty high. Almost two thousand dollars a week. The average travel pay was at gross of nineteen hundred. Forget about take home. Let's talk about real numbers here. In January of twenty twenty, basically at the very beginning, if, if maybe not slightly before the quote unquote pandemic kind of kicked in and things really ticked off, to thirty seven eighty two in. 11 months later, in December of 2021, now, that is doubling. That is a 99.47% increase in gross pay. Double. So when I tell you guys that, I, I get it. Again, no, no judgment here. We had facilities that literally went from whatever their, I mean, again, multiply how big that facility is. How many millions of dollars a year is their staffing for supplemental staffing? Let's just talk about 
the amount of travelers that they use. Whatever that figure is, you guys know they complain. It hurts them every time they hire a traveler. They, 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 they agonize over the ability to be able to bring on a traveler or not to bring on a traveler. And when they do, it hurts them. No one, no, one, you know, no one does not understand that. It is not in their model. They do it because they have to, but certainly it is the last resort and last choice. So when you start doubling that budget, for some facilities, maybe it's you know it's not that bad. There's only a couple of people here and there. For the most part, this was significant. It was a big blow to them. It is a it was a budgetary killer. It is not sustainable. I've always said that it was never going to be. That's why if you guys go back and listen to the to the first, I guess we go from episodes maybe twenty eight about thirty. Whenever we started talking about the pandemic in in twenty twenty and going into, into I'm sorry twenty twenty one, it really started hitting us. If you start listening to a lot of those episodes, you will definitely hear me say that there is no way, shape, or form that this is going to be the, the model. And I will tell you guys, and you guys probably saw it, and it wasn't you guys because you're well, too well-informed, a lot of travelers really felt that this was going to be the norm. That you guys were going to be making five, six, seven, ten thousand $10,000 a week if you're willing to be a traveler. And my answer back then and still is, not sustainable, was never going to happen. But I did say, and I will continue to say, that it was the right thing to move us into that direction. So it helped. Contract labor rose 250% over the last three years to that point. 250%. So forget about just the traveler's wages, the amount of travelers. So that's why that figure is different. You know, How do you go from 100 to 250%? Because more and more travelers are being utilized. So when I tell you guys that households are going to do every single thing they can to try to reduce and get rid of any additional travel costs, they're going to. And be prepared for that over the next few years. It's not just going to be right now. It's going to be every chance they get for a very long period of time that they're going to try everything that they can to keep their travel to a minimum without having to go from there. So we'll talk about that in a minute. A couple things that are on your on your good side. Let's talk about some good news because I've kind of thrown out a lot of bad stuff and oh, it's not going to be as great, but let's talk about some good things. Remember this throughout the rest of this episode. The disparagement between healthcare providers and the needs in which we are seeing them is rising at a larger difference than there are people that are entering into the healthcare field. I think one thing that we found out pretty quickly is that a lot of healthcare travelers said, this isn't worth it, even with the crazy money that was being made. You guys know what I'm talking about. They are still struggling to have people enter into you know, radiology, into nursing, into uh, physical therapy, into imaging, I said radiology, all those different areas that, you know, again, if you're trying to talk to a college student, hey, it's a great field to get into because you'll never be without a job, which I still think is true. However, what they don't realize, and I've said this so often, is that it is not for everybody. Healthcare in general is not for everybody, let alone what you guys do is absolutely not for everybody. So while it looks good on paper and you guys sometimes get these statistics, oh gosh, we're not going to have travel healthcare. Remember that none of these statistics they talk about have anything to do with how how much of of the healthcare providers leave and and that dissolvement of that you know that career. It is a very short career for many people. It's probably one of the most the shortest careers you can have as far as people getting into it and getting out because they realize it's too much for them. I mean, think about another career. I'm sure there are others out there, but it is one of the more commonly short-lived careers for many people. A lot of folks nowadays are not. You know, for example, nurses for 30 years, 25 years. They, they, it's, it's not as long-lived as it used to be, and there's reasons why, which we always talk about here. So there are going to be more and more 
there's going to be more and more disparagement. We always talk about the baby boomers and how they're they're aging, and that along with it becomes issues and health problems. And there doesn't seem to be enough providers going into school that, to keep up with the the uh, what's what I'm looking for the dissolvement or the or the the maturation, if you will, of who's leaving the industry and the number of needs that are there. So that's always a good news for you guys, which is why people say, you know, what's going on in your industry? I'm saying. It's solid. It is a solid place for us to be. It's a solid place for you guys to be. And unfortunately for facilities, it is a necessary problem that they're going to continue to, to struggle with. doesn't mean they're not going to keep trying to do things and figure things out better. So just kind of mention it. Satisfaction amongst... Well, here's the, the, the stat that I saw. It was talking mostly about nurses. So I'll talk to my nursing friends just don't by themselves. But I think this applies to everybody. The satisfaction among nurses in general, not travel nurses, but nurses across the board, has significantly dropped since 2020. So, again, I think a lot of it has to do with the pandemic. A lot of it has to do with just overall everything. You guys are tired of putting up with the you-know-what, it seems like, to me. So we've got that. And for those of you that have decided this is your career, and for those of you that want to be traveling healthcare professionals, I think this does absolutely apply to all allied as well. I think you guys are in a good place for those of you that are have the intestinal fortitude and the willingness to stay in not only healthcare but in travel healthcare. I think you guys are in a good place. I really do. I really, really do. For those of you that can do it, um, here's what we saw the last few weeks, and this is what I wanted to validate. I mentioned this on Travel Evolved, our Facebook group live. We've been going live every Monday, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago when I first got to California. And this is this is the case. So here's what I was validating. I, this is kind of the inside information that I can provide. You guys tell me what you know and what you think when you guys come on and join me as a guest. We validate a few things. What's been happening basically over the last couple of months is a lot of the big, big agencies, I, you know, the, the monoliths of the world, if you will, that farm out and subcontract often or frequently. Again, you guys, I don't know if I've ever really watched you guys through this, but what happens with these, some of these big companies is they, they get contracts that are exclusive for them, right? We've got the contract. No one's going to have it. They, I don't know how in detail they get with these facilities, but basically we're going to fill it for you. And they may or may not share this with the facilities and those systems, but if they can't fill it, they subcontract out to a lot of other companies, big and small. And, you know, we actually, I have a lot of these contracts. A lot of companies do. If you're not one of these monoliths, chances are you work through them. And what happens is they are, of course, going to try to fill them on their own. Now, they've, they've got two things that are a problem for them. One of them is they can't. They don't have enough travelers working for them to fill out the, to bite off the, the bite of the apple that they, they choose to bite off. That's okay because they have all of this. The other problem that they have is that because they're big and for a lot of reasons that are justified and unjustified, their margins are bigger, which means they can't pay travelers. Oftentimes, what a low, thin margin company actually can, even subcontracting through them, that's how big their margins are. Now, not many companies can do that. The, the normal, typical, medium-sized company that subcontracts through them, it just gets smaller and smaller, and they even can't compete with them. But for companies that have figured out how to pay people higher and continue to, to, to you know, have minimal operating expenses, they actually can pay higher than those subcontract companies can. So what happens is, during the last few months, what I've learned is that, and then we validated this, a lot of these big monoliths were not giving their contracts out to anybody because they wanted to fill them on their own, which is why a lot of travelers are calling us saying, here's what I'm seeing. And they, again, we validated a lot of this. Here's where we're seeing the rates. Here's who has them. And the rates are horrible. And we said, here's why. And it made sense. We also told those travelers, hang in there because not just us, but every company out there that's not one of these big monolith companies is going to eventually start seeing more and more of them. Here's what I'll tell you guys. Typically, the way this works for a lot of these companies, 
is they will oftentimes hand the first bites of the bigger apple out to the companies that, that have the most potential and power to fill the largest amounts for them. As they continue to struggle or, or not see the needs met, they'll start to give more, the more difficult stuff to the other companies, which is what we've been seeing over the last few weeks for sure. A lot of these hard to find. I'm talking it's like also we have a CVOR position in the location we've never seen before. We've got a cath lab position or something that's you know an OB surge tech that's very specific. Those we're starting to see. We're like, okay, they're not filling those, so they want to get they want their hospitals to like them, so they're going to have us fill them, and they'll offer us whatever, and they'll still make their percentage of what you know they're not going to share with us, and they'll still make money. But getting it fulfilled at this point is more important to that monolith than having their hospital think that they're not filling it, so they're going to fill it with us. Now, last few weeks, what's happening is more and more of those jobs are becoming more like they were normally, where it's like we're not feeling anything. We're back to kind of getting normal. We need help with not only just these special needs of the hospital, we need help with that whole hospital. So we want ICU. We want, you know, we want uh, med techs. We, we need, you know, sonographers. We need surge techs. We need RNs. Everything that's going on, we want it all. And we're seeing that because the, the location is more difficult. And we're seeing the rates start to increase. So that is something we validated. That's what was kind of happening and what's it seems to be at least when we're airing this episode, what the trend is as far as things moving in that right direction. So that's kind of a good thing. Um, the rates are increasing. I already shared that with you guys, and that's part of the why is that the hospitals have said, hey, listen, you're not getting fulfillment. These agencies that hold these, you know, these monolith agencies that hold these contracts do give them advice and say, hey, if you want these filled, you're going to have to go up 10, 15 bucks. You're going to have to start being competitive because the travelers are heading to other locations besides your facility or your system because they can make more money in their state. And if you guys want to start bringing them into your state, even though it's a nice place to be, for example, you're going to have to become competitive at the rate. And I know that they are giving them good, solid advice so that they are getting the fulfillment, at least the submissions that they're looking for. And that's also happening right now for sure. So this is where we're seeing this week, even even. Today, recording today, I was like, wow, we're really seeing a lot of places that are more commonly seen, you know, during this time of year. And that, that to me was like, okay, there it is. I, I told you guys a few, I guess maybe many episodes ago, it wasn't, doesn't seem to be recorded that long ago, that there was this idea that in July, after 4th of July, things would, would dramatically shift. And I kept saying, I don't know what the catalyst for that is. I think my answer is coming out right now, and we'll see if it continues to be true. But the catalyst seems to be just these bigger agencies' inability to fully staff folks because there is, again, becoming more demand than they have supply. So I'm going to reach out to a larger pool of travelers and start to entice the ones that refuse to go to work for those low rates and saying, what else can we do? And they're starting to now see that more and more of the demand is, you know, is 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 there the supply is, is it always has been as big as it is but the demand's getting larger so now more and more of the pool of healthcare travelers needs to be sought after by attracting them with higher rates that's really what it's kind of coming down to we'll find out that's true uh, again I, I still didn't know and, and I'm, I'm telling you i admitted it i didn't know what it was going to be and it wasn't anything i could direct my mind to what is going to be the magical thing well it seems like that's what it is it's just the overall inability for the market to sustain itself at having those low rates and hospitals getting their needs met seems to be kind of bursting. They're having trouble, so they're having to reach out, fulfill more, and at a higher rate. That seems to be as simple as that. We'll see over the next few weeks if that's still the case. So the wonderful thing about our, our industry, everybody, and I want you guys to really hear this, is that I don't really ever panic. Yes, we had a lot longer difficulty in 2008 to about 2010, 2012, I guess, or really more realistically. Things were tougher then because 
what we thought was going to be a shorter economic downturn turned to be something that we really were economically tied. I always thought we weren't. I always thought that economics and, and how you know inflation and those sorts of things that affected our country didn't always hit health care. Well, they did back then, and I hope they don't again. But those are some things that, that kind of were there. But the wonderful thing about our industry is that it does tend to write itself automatically. We don't change anything. You guys don't really change anything except for what you're willing to take. And sometimes you're willing to take less because your personal economics are lower, like everybody else's in the country. So it really kind of writes and fixes itself. And this is why I'm not worried about the industry. And if you have the ability to ride things out and you kind of go with the ups and downs, that's why I've, I've given you guys advice many times that there may be some times where it does absolutely make sense for you to take an assignment lower than you normally would because you're employed and you're looking at the overall time of the year. I do not believe you guys will have to take low-paying assignments for very long. But I do think right now might be one of those times to look at something that might be lower than you normally would because you have to put it all in perspective. I can make you know, this kind of money or nothing at all. Or I can go back to a per diem and not have a guarantee. What do you want to do? What makes sense to you? And you guys know more than anybody else what's best for you. So there's that. It is starting to re. It is starting to re rebound back. So let's talk about some tips, um, some things that we want to talk about, of some ideas on how to get through. Again, you know, the the whole title of the episode. I got to go back and re relook at was surviving a difficult market. So what do you guys do right now? Let's talk about that. First of all, I want to kind of point out the fact that there is lower pay, right? So there are places right now where it's like you. A lot of travelers go. There's no way. Here's what I want to tell you guys. Before you ixnay or poo-poo an offer from any agency, please, please, please consider the cost of living where that is. A lot of travelers just have a figure in their head, I'm not going to work for anything less than whatever that figure is, and I think it's very unique traveler to traveler. But what I want to tell you is, before you just say no across the board, this is the one time that I will tell you, look at everything. If there's a position in a rural area of the country, an area where the cost of living is significantly lower, run some some numbers on yourself. See, here's what I'm grossing. Here's what I can kind of expect my taxes to be. And here's what I think. And do some research. Make some phone calls. Look at some places online. What is my cost going to be to live there? And I think that's about all you can do. You don't really need to go into groceries, but I think that's part of it too. But look at what your housing is. And you guys may be surprised at some of the things that don't look right now like they make any sense might actually be something that you might want to look at and consider because that's where your competition is going to be less. We'll talk about that in a minute. So just be a little more open-minded. And I'm these are tips not to go work for any other company, just for you. Right now, it is not about settling for something long-term. It's right now, I'm asking you guys, I'm going to tell you guys, my advice would be to be a little more open-minded than you normally have been in the past. That's one thing, which again means a less desirable location. Everybody wants to go in the best place, especially in the middle of summer, or the beginnings of summer. But this is the one year that you may have to consider a place that isn't ideal because you might be one of a handful of travelers that are being submitted to that assignment as opposed to one of dozens. And trust me, I can see sometimes there are dozens of travelers being submitted to the same job. And that sucks because I always want to say, you know, it, it's, it is absolutely a numbers game at that point. So this is how you can kind of elevate your chance of getting a job. Not everyone's going to want to go there, and everyone's not going to look at that rate. They're going to ixnay it and say, forget it. You might go, eh, this might make sense, and I could do that for 13 weeks, and here's why, and again, only you know. But think about that. One of the things I wouldn't even want to bring up, and this is just complete flat-out advice, if there's ever a time to stick with whatever company you're with and extend if you're offered, I think now's the time. I have seen 
and, and read and been told by a lot of you folks out there and even seen it personally, a lot of extensions, especially up until, let's just say, in, into and including the first couple of weeks of June, we'll put it that way, were being offered at a lowered rate, a lowered bill rate, which obviously you guys know is going to be, in most cases with agencies, 65 70% coming out of your pocket and Uncle Sam's. It was being offered, and a lot of folks immediately said, no way, I'm not going to do it. Even with our company, listen, we're not the ones that are in control of the bill rate. So I always say, don't shoot the messenger. Across the board, people were being asked to extend. But by the way, here's what you're being asked to extend for. If there's ever been a time, I would say it is better to extend than go put your hat in the ring with all the competition, how few jobs there are, and try to get another job. This, again, might be one of those times to consider even a shorter assignment. What about an eight-week assignment? I don't know if I'd go as short as four weeks. I think you're still going to be in the same boat. But doing a shorter or another 13-week assignment one time at a hospital that you know, a process and, and a, a culture that you understand might absolutely make sense. I would almost urge all of you, it's better. And I'm seeing, by the way, that many travelers are, in fact, electing to do that. We're almost getting, which is great, because a lot of hospitals are actually offering extensions. They're not trying to go out and find anybody new. They also don't want to spend the time and energy and human resources to go look for new people. So it's a really kind of a win-win scenario. If they can lower the rate, keep you having to go out and, and hire a bunch of people and spend that kind of time, which is money to them, it makes sense. So just consider, if you're being offered an extension, even if your ego's there and you feel like you're being low-balled, it still might make sense. This is about you and your personal business model, right? Take your ego out of it. What makes sense for me and, and the people that depend upon the income that I bring in? And does this right now make sense? And you may find that it does. I don't know. I feel like I'm lecturing because I'm doing this thing, but I don't, I don't mean to. New environment. i got to get used to this, these digs. And I'm not sure this is the right thing with all these crazy little decorations and ropes I had hanging around. So there you go. All right. Um, I don't know how else to put this, but... Man, if there's ever a time where you just want to be a great traveler and not get terminated, now's the time. Um, I've seen that before where people want to stay and the hospital said, yeah, no thanks. And it stinks because normally you just run out and go run off to a new company or, or have your company find you something different. You're, it's, it's no different. If, if you are termed right now, it is going to be more difficult for you to find a position just like it would be if your contract's over and you don't get extended. So... Again, please read between the lines. I'm not telling you guys to do anything that you're uncomfortable with, or float to other areas, or put your nursing or, or you know, cert certificate, you know, wow, certificate, allied certificate on the line. I'm just saying that if you can bite your your tongue or put up with something more than you would, as far as personnel or personalities and that sort of thing, man, now's the time. I just this is a time to focus on you. You know, be career-minded focus and, and take everything out of the equation and say, I need this job for this reason or I need to go work here for this reason. It's important to you to make sure you maintain those levels of, of employment. And again, I'm just saying, this is the one time for sure where you do not want to have your head in a chopping block or give your manager or whoever's in charge of an extension any reason whatsoever to consider another traveler over you. You want that extension over that other traveler. So do everything you can to get it. I'm not asking you guys to do anything that you're uncomfortable with or float to areas or do anything that's going to put your license or your certificate in jeopardy or things that just are a no for you. But you're going to have to bite the bullet a little bit on some things. If it's personality conflict, you know, scheduling issues, things that you don't like to do, being called in, going on call, all those things that normally you'd be like, I'm putting my foot down. Consider the alternative. Again, 
play the game, right? I'm not telling you to do something that's not in you and me. I'm, I'm kind of a big stickler on sticking your guns and being whatever. But right now, the market doesn't allow for you to oftentimes be as much of a stickler as you normally can be. And I'm just giving you just advice here. I would do everything I could to make sure I, I have the option to fulfill the rest of my of my assignment and potentially be extended during this period of time where I don't want to go out there and have to you know battle against every other travel that looks a lot like me or even better than me on paper. So consider that. An extension might be the absolute best fit. We're seeing it with our company, and they are. The rates have been lowered on, on almost, and I will tell you, almost every single person that had an extension offer has taken it. A couple of, of exceptions, but everyone has kind of said, all right, I'll do it because they all know. And I think that's the overwhelming, I guess, kind of uh, temperature out there is extending here makes more sense than jumping on a nursing pool. So think about that and consider that. What I think you should absolutely do is start looking at what your minimum take-home pay should be. And I'm talking about after your expenses. So look at how much money is just my gross and consider what my housing is going to be with that. So you know what is that number that I'm basically going to be taking home and putting in my bank account every week after I pay my housing. You guys get carried away. If you want to get you know really detailed about everything else that you have to go on your expenses, I, I'm fine with that. I actually like that better. But at a minimal, I would say, what is my net you know pay going to be? And then how much is my operating expenses, which in this case would be the one thing I'd concentrate on is my housing. What am I truly going to be putting in my bank account after my expenses every single week? And have that figure in your mind. And please do not share that with your recruiter or your agency. That is for your information. Because lo and behold, ironically, you tell your recruiter how much you're willing, what your minimum is, and next thing you know, that's where all your job offers seem to be—that minimum, minimum, minimum. Don't don't let them get the, get you that way. You know what your minimum is. Keep that in your mind, and I would absolutely tell you to consider everything that meets that minimal and above, even if location isn't what you wanted, or the, the setting isn't what you're looking for, or the shift isn't what you want, or the floating policy is what you want. This is the one time I would say. Look at that figure and look at everything potentially that is that figure and above because at least you know it hits you financially. Now you can start to see what I can go to in front of, what can be submitted to, and then what are my options? Do I get more than one offer? But at least start there. I think it's incredibly important. Don't wait until it's panic time. I guess that's the other thing I want to talk about. Be really flexible as far as what you're willing to do. I would tell you guys, start looking for your new assignment six weeks out. Don't wait until you are kind of forced to take the first thing. For those of you that have a nest egg and listened to us a long time ago and start putting some money aside, if you were able to be lucky enough to do that, this is where that sort of thing is really going to pay off for you. If you've got, if you treated this like a business model, you've got the ability to have that nest egg in there, it's going to allow you to make some better decisions. You're going to have a little bit more financial ability to be able to say, what do I want to do? What don't I want to do? And now I've got this nest egg, which it gives, that nest egg gives me a little bit more freedom to be able to choose what I do and what I don't want to do. Okay. So that's really super important. I think it's, 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 it's vital this time of year. You can do those sorts of things for those you're lucky to do it. This is why we talked about it two years ago for this very minute. You now have the ability to say, I have some time to make more money over the next 13 weeks. If I can just be a little bit more patient than having to settle for the first thing that comes out, it's, it's a tough time right now, but you've got to treat this so uniquely right now, in my opinion, like never before. Okay, so don't wait till it's panic time. Be really flexible. And I, again, I think it's only for right now. If we're talking about if you have an assignment that's end, has already ended or is ending in the next six weeks, let's just say until, I'm just going to guess, until October, maybe even closer to Halloween, I don't know. And most of that's going to be the case, right, unless you did a six-month assignment. This is the one time I may have to be a little more flexible. I may have to settle for something I don't really want because it's going to be income. And I do believe, I'll knock on wood here, that 
it will be better. I don't know how much better, but I think it's going to be better the next go around. I think it's going to get better in the fall because of the things we talked about and the things we already know about the health of our country when it starts to get cold out. Just it's it's inevitable. So what I guess I'm talking about here is be more flexible and then also really start working on your marketability. We did a whole episode on this. I refer to this so frequently, and this is why we did those in succession so we could go back and talk about this. And you, and you listen to that so you know what I'm talking about. So you don't have to go back and say, what is he talking about? Traveler marketability, you are absolutely in competition. This is a great opportunity right now. If your assignment hasn't ended, it's going to end in a few weeks or six weeks. Please work on your marketability right now. Start working on your certifications. Work on your resume just because you've been able to get by. Many travelers have told me that have been never struggle with getting an, getting an interview, have said, yeah, you know what? Lately, it's I'm more and more nervous because it seems to take me a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer to get an interview, and it didn't used to. could be specialty-related, but also because there's more travelers that look like you out there. There's competition is fierce. So if you've had kind of a... Uh, a rough shot resume that you know just shows, wow, this person's crazy experienced, but it wasn't as detailed. Take a couple of hours, invest in yourself, make your resume just be unbelievably that they cannot avoid being that you're going to be one of the people they call, right? Look at your certifications, look at your references. You know, if you have licenses that you need to update or get in order to have more options, do all of that. Talk to more agencies, be willing, and you're never going to hear this from any of my competition. This isn't about us. It's about you guys. Be willing to spend the time to fill out you got more paperwork, do more skills checklists, all the things that a lot of agencies make you jump through in order even to be able to see their positions. Now's the time I would say to do that. Put all of us up against each other. Again, you're trying to get yourself out there to as many facilities as you can and saturate the market. Now, what I won't tell you to do is don't let multiple agencies submit you the same job. That doesn't look good, and, and you could get in. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of reasons why I won't get in tonight, but you know you could get in. You could look back for the facility. They could they could ixnay you. It's just not it's not a good, healthy practice. I'm not saying to do that, but I'm saying be able to choose which company is going to be the highest paying. So if multiple companies have the same job, obviously go with the one that's going to pay you more. It's going to fit the bill more than what you need normally. But also start looking at, hey, what do you have that no one else has? Well, I'll go in front of that one because I haven't gone in front of that yet. Do not let people blind submit you, but keep a running score. And this is the time I would take the time to go out and fill out more applications, fill out more of those skills checklists, send in more of your, your you know certificates and all the resumes and things you have to send in. This is the time to do that because you want to absolutely completely validate that you know you're going to get a position. And you can't do it with one or two companies. It's going to be a lot more than that, I think. Your marketability is going to be dependent. The less marketable you are, the more this is an area that you need to hit. So go out and start talking to everybody and get a bunch of people to start submitting to jobs that are unique to that agency that you don't have anybody else. Interview hard. Ask for the job. If you're lucky enough to be one of the people that they call, make darn sure that they're not going to call anybody after you, that you got the job. Ask for it. Tell them you want it. Tell them the reasons why they should choose you and, and let that be that that was the interview they said, I want this person. Get the job. That's going to be like no other time. This is the time to do it. Bottom line is that this is where that whole business mindset, everything we've been talking about early on and, and during the middle of the first season and oftentimes in the second season, this is when it starts paying off. I hope many of you joined us back then because I think you're going to be way ahead of everybody else. If you haven't, go back and start listening to stuff. You've got the time. This is where this all starts paying off. You guys now become the ultimate traveler. You get what you're doing. You know more than everybody else, and you're more marketable, and you understand how to play the market to your best interest, and you ride these waves. And right now, we're kind of in a low one, but I think we're going to come back up. I think you guys are going to be just fine. So whew, a lot there. 
Sorry about the interruptions and the people coming and going. You know, this is, a, like I say, this is our lobby. I, don't, I can't even see who it was. Probably some of our, our our ops people going in and out, heading out. And I know there's some people in the conference room next door, so I didn't go in there. So um, we'll, we'll find some good places to do these where we won't get interrupted, and it'll be great. So we're just kind of our first go at this. But uh, welcome to California. Welcome to season number three, everybody. Thank you so much for sticking with me. A couple things. Tell your friends about us. We really would appreciate the increase in subscriptions both on YouTube and throughout our podcast platforms. And join us on our Facebook group, Travel Evolved. Uh, we think it's important. We really want to turn it into your page. We're going to try to stay out of it. I want travelers talking to travelers to be kind of a companion to this so that you're not hearing from us. You're hearing from other travelers on the advice. It's important. And lastly, I'm going to say this a lot during this season, reach out to us. Ask us and send us instant messages on Travel Evolved, the Facebook group, and say, hey, I've got an idea. Be willing to help your other traveler. They're going to appreciate it. We don't make it. I mean, if you ever watch any episodes we do with anybody else, we make it fun. It's super light, super easy. It's not live. We record them. So it, there's no pressure there. Have some fun. Come up with some topics you think would help your fellow traveler because we want them. We can only come up with the ones that we think you guys have. You guys know so much more and are so much more valuable, and you're more valuable to us here at Travel Involved than you know. We need you and counting on you to help us come up with some episodes that are going to be important to educate your fellow traveler on. So whew, with that... Guys, I appreciate it as always. We'll catch you next time on Travel Evolved.